Blog Talk Radio.
grateful. Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life. Eternal life, God. We pray, O oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord, huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. 
you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our trouble lies, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Lord, I thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for a week ending. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You brought me through. Brought me through. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And look at this, the last day in June, June the 30th, 2023. Yes, Lord, six months and 30 days into this new year. We headed into July. Yeah, they'll be celebrating uh in a few minutes on the 4th. And so I just thank God today that he's on my side in spite of me. Looking beyond my fault, yet yeah, my knees, uh, he won't leave me. He's always with me. And I'm grateful unto him this morning for all he has done, what he's doing right now, and what he's going to do. Yeah, great and mighty things. He continues. He continues to bless us over and over and over again. And uh, this morning I was looking at um, celebrities who have been together for a while. I've seen people in there been together 58 years, 40 years, 36 years. I'm like, my goodness, look at Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, they've been together a long time. And, uh, Many times the believer can't, you know, stay together for a week. But God is faithful to us if we'll be faithful unto his word. Watch what we're doing. Guard your mind and your heart. Yeah, God, be careful. Hallelujah. God is faithful. So we thank him today. Again, can't thank him enough for all he has done. Woke us up this morning, closed in our right minds. We have the youth. An activity of our limbs, life, health, and strength. We may not have all that we desire. Some people, uh, you know, they say, well, I can't hear well. Well, I can't see like I used to. I can't walk as far as I used to. Hey, you're still here. You just got an opportunity to witness to someone. Yeah. And so we thank him this morning. We give him glory, honor, and praise. It was so hot here yesterday. Oh, and every day it looked like it gets hotter. Yeah, feel like you'll melt outside. <laughs> so I'm staying in as much as I can, but I had to run someone to the uh, courthouse in Jacksonville yesterday. So I was out in the heat a little while, not long. And, uh, you know, you get in and I could try to do something. On the way home, something blew. And... It blew behind me, between me and the seat, in the driver's seat. So I had to stop, open the door, get out, and see what it was. So I got that fixed, jumped back in my truck quickly with the AC and rolled on home. Yeah, God is good to us many times, many times. And uh, I am thankful unto him. And I want to say this, no matter what, I hope I call the faithful few. Every day, I hope I call your name. I hope I allow you to know how much I love you, how much I care. Yeah, for you. Uh, yeah, because God sent you my way and sent me your way. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, and um, 
We love him. We want to please him. And we come every morning to see what he has to say to us. Hallelujah. It's not just you he's talking to. He's speaking to me as well. And so I'm so thankful for that. Today, we don't want to forget, um, we was raising $100 and uh, to bless someone, to bless one of our sisters and uh, some things, you know, she use it to do. And she come, you know, sharing with us her heart. And so we want to encourage her. And uh, the Lord laid it on my heart. Well, raise $100 for her, and that will bless her. So we raised 25 already, and uh, I'm giving 25 today. So I need 10 people to give me what it is, $10, or would it be? I forgot. I wrote it down <laughs> yesterday, y'all. Yeah, five, ten, one, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty. Yeah, five people give me ten dollars, and if uh, what is it, twenty people give five, y'all, y'all help me out here. But you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have a five dollars, you can cash out that. If you got the ten, cash out that. If you got more, cash out that. We want to raise a hundred dollars for her, and uh, my cash out information. Is money sign the big C A S H cash the big N O W nouns seventeen twenty seven. That's the money sign cash now seventeen twenty seven. But make sure you got the big C and the big N. Yeah, we used to call them capital C and capital N, but I think they call them big. And small, yeah. So the big C, small N, money sign, cash now, 1727. If you need it again, you can hit me up on Facebook if we're Facebook friends, or you can send me an email, or you can text it to me if you have my number. So um, we want to get this done between today and Monday. Hopefully, we can finish that 50 up today for her and give it to her all in one lump sum, you know, the $100. And I didn't uh, say it yesterday because I got in here doing it late, but, and I really forgot, but I made myself a note and the Lord reminded me. He reminded me this morning, you know, and so we want to obey if we can. Yeah, if you got three dollars, if you can, well, I can't afford but two dollars. We'll cash out that. Yeah, because every little bit adds up. Hallelujah. So we thank God uh, that we're going to be a blessing today unto our sister in Christ. Yeah, your day may come. You never know. Hallelujah. We never know. Yeah. So we thank the Lord for what He does. Because sometimes God brings us up for a memorial, for a memory. And have people to bless us just off memory. And sometimes he don't do it big. He he do it small. Sometimes he do it medium. It's up to him. But we thank him for whatever he do. If he give 15 cents to me, I'm thankful. Because he will multiply. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're grateful unto him. So today we are on chapter 48 of Genesis. The book of Genesis. And uh, in this book, we're going to get to see 
Jacob, bless his grandson, bless Joseph's son. Yeah, we're going to get to see that he put the right hand on the youngest son, the left hand on the oldest son. And Joseph was like, uh-uh, because, hey, you, you tried to switch his hands. Put the right on the oldest and the left on the, he wouldn't do it. How many know God have a purpose and a plan for our lives? And God knows what's going to happen. And in our older years, he can show us some things if we're in tune with him. You hear people praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the, the Jacob. Yeah. That was Isaac's son and Abraham's grandson, Jacob. Yeah. So what happened is these godly men, a men of God, have been seeing things for years. And the older they got, the wiser they got. They became wiser. It is spiritually in God. And so he blessed his grandsons. I remember they went in, uh, uh, I think it was Abraham's wife had the younger son to go in and uh, take the blessings of the older son. And one brother tells the other one, hey, make me that venison you make. I'm hungry. He said, sell me your birthright. Said, okay, no problems. You can have them. Just make me that porridge, that food, whatever you made. Yeah. So Jacob knew God. And he gave blessings according to the order they were going to follow. The younger was going to be over the older one. Yeah. But I thank God today. Hallelujah. He knows. What's best for us, you know, the very intent of our hearts. So with him knowing the very intent, he knows what's going to come about. He knows what's in us. He knows the weak from the strong. He knows those that really love him from those who say it out their mouth, but their heart is not in it. Yeah, he knows today. He knows those that come to him for the fish and the loaves. Because some people... Uh, go to church, talk about God, because uh, he keep feeding them. Yeah, he keep feeding them. They need food. They don't have all they need. They need a car. They need this. So they ask God for it, and he give it to them because they came with a sincere heart or whatever his reasoning may be. I don't know all, but they do it to get something from him. But he knows them personally, and he knows they, they, they're not going to stay with him. They just came to get what they wanted, or they stay with him to be able to continue to get what they feel they need, because he supply needs. Yeah, according to his riches and glory, hallelujah, by his son, Christ Jesus. The earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world. And they that dwell therein. Did you know how big the world is? The whole earth is his. And everybody in it. So he can do what he wants. He's got all power. He can give to who he wants to give to. Whether we approve of it or not. Because we don't know the intent of people's hearts. We don't know who's praying for what. Even, you know, in the, in the, 
in the world of selling drugs, in the world of doing drugs. You don't know who who's praying. Yeah, in the world of prostitution, prostitution, uh, robbery, murder. You don't know these people prayer. Some people don't know how to really come to God. Just plain and simple. That's all. The, the only way to come to him is just plain and simple. But you got to know that you need spiritual things to continue to walk with him, to know him, to get to know him, to have a better life. You got to become spiritual. So you're praying and asking God to fill you, baptize you in his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So that you can have more than you need. Because you will. I'm still cleaning stuff out of here right now. (laughs) Yeah. I am still cleaning stuff out of here. Yeah, I didn't even know I had so much. And over the years, you accumulate some stuff. And most times, you don't really know what you got until it's time for you to move on to bigger and better. And you're like, what? How long have I? I don't clutter. I don't hoard. If I haven't used it in a year or so, I throw it away. Yeah. Well, not throw it away, but give it away. And some things, if it's no good, I do. I throw it away. Because I'm not going to give anyone anything that I don't want. Now, that's not me. That is not me. So, look, we're moving a little further this morning. And uh, we are going to... Genesis 48 again today and study there. But we're going to take a listen to. If I can find it again. Well, it used to be down here. All right, we're we moving, we're moving, we're moving. My message is entitled The Wolf is at the Door. Yes, sir. The Wolf is at the Door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today. God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people, talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. 
And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, given them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hope to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. And thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer. Leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking and moving to truth, even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this and I do it because God's word says I should, even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now, Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart. If anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, For this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation, and they're going to come to devour the sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they, they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, 
I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it. It's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. When you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life. But there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage who are married, but engage in, you know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level, because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said, some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. So in other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said, whoever can hear this, let them hear it. 
You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example, and you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate, and the preacher can get up and say nice words, but the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen. I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, Am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. I mean, people who steal. That simple. People who steal, people who steal a little, they have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? Nor covetous, nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. Nor revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church. Demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. 
The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are, are over. If they're, not, if they're not over, they're very close to over. It's an amazing time that we're now living in. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. This is the point. There's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in America today. And they're, they're, they don't necessarily leave the people, but they leave biblical truth. They flee the truth when the wolf is at the door. When the wolf says, if you don't bow down, this is our golden statue. This is what this generation is going to look like. This is what you'll preach. These are the truths that you will espouse. They will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves, not about the people. The hireling will flee. And you, will, you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go cross land and sea to get one convert, and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion for the cause of birth control or, or so the people, I understand there are extenuating circumstances, so please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control or for the cause of having sexual pleasure and not having to deal with the life that it can create is sin in the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God 
and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, if, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. 
but I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life, an eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God. But they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. So we're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my other call is just twofold today. It's for people that say, oh God, help me please to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington and there's an ex-general there who really <clears throat> gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this massive fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance.
you will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment for those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Every time I look at people at this altar, I see a mighty army of God. I, I do. I honestly do. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would give every man, every woman, every young person who is at this altar, who are responding in our campus churches or at home, courage, courage, Lord, and compassion. Lord, your word speaks of a perfect love that casts out fear. So, God, give us a love for people that we would not be afraid to speak truth without condemning them, without railing, just loving and speaking the truth. Father, help those that are caught in sin to turn from it. Help us as your people, my God, to be clean. We who bear the treasure of Christ in these earthen vessels, cleanse us, God, of impurity and mixture and things that cause your voice not to be heard or your heart not to be seen. Give us the grace we need to be the people of God. Lord, help us. Help this nation. Give us a moment of mercy, Lord, to turn back to you again. Give us the grace to pray. Heal our homes, our families, our marriages, our children. My God, deliver us, Lord, from those that crept in to our schools, our colleges, and our high schools, Lord, and took captive our children. Deliver us, God. From this moment, as you delivered your people out of Egypt, deliver us, God, from those who are throwing our children into the river of confusion. Forgive us, Lord, as a people, as a nation, for what we allowed in our laziness to come into our borders. Forgive us, Lord God, for abdicating the training of our children and giving it to others, Lord, who took advantage and began to steal them from your kingdom. God, help us now to take our rightful place. Help the fathers here to take their place as the head of their home, as the guide, the spiritual guide of their families. Help the mothers to understand the incredible power that they have. Lord, it is truly said that the hand that rocks the cradle shapes the nation. That's true. That's true. I pray, God, for every every woman here 
God, I ask today, Lord, uh, that even from this meeting today, people would rise up and find your will and walk into it, Lord, with faith. Whatever it is, wherever you lead us, take us, Lord. We dedicate our lives to you, Lord. We dedicate our futures to you. We thank you for covering our past and our present failure and giving us the promise of new life into the future. Lord, we will not despise you. We will not turn our faces from you or lightly esteem you. Your word is the truth, Lord. It is the only guide we have into eternal life. So God, God help us, Lord. Help us to learn your word, to study your word, to know your word, and to cherish your word. Father, thank you for the great fruit that will be born into your kingdom, just from the lives that are here at the altar and on their knees in their homes right now. Just thank you for the great fruit that will be born for your kingdom's sake. Lord, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Chapter 48. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee. And I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same is Bethlehem. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons, and said, Who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons, whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and, lo, God hath shewed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand, toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand, and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph, and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father. For this is the firstborn, put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused, and said, 
I know it, my son. I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he set Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you, and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Amen. Amen. So look, Joseph got the word. His dad, Jacob, was dying. And so he brought his sons to be blessed. And again this morning, that's what we need. We need the elders to bless. Let me share this. Back in the day, uh, families, a lot of families were large. Women would have 12 children. I know a lady personally that had 27 children. Yeah. And they had these large families because they were going on be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. God made man and woman and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Well, the enemy come along and disturbed things they thought, but they made it worse. They didn't make it better. So many women were still uh, having children unmarried. They didn't have a husband, but they were bearing children. And they could have six kids with different dads. They could have Three kids with the same dad and four kids with different dads. And a lot of times the men were not faithful uh, to the woman or the children. So the children hungry, they don't have clothes, they don't have what they need. A lot of children grew up, they couldn't go to college, mama didn't have the money. And there were no government programs. Well, the government saw this and took advantage and opened the door that women could get assistance, could get money to take care of their household, take care of their children. They gave grants so that women could go to school and become more educated and become self-sufficient because she could get a good job, as we call it. And later on, they come on down, and then they put the man out of the home. He couldn't be there because he was not being responsible enough to take care of his family. So he couldn't be in the home. So uh, men were already abandoning their families. So this just gave more men or open door to abandon their families. So they come up with the idea, let's give women the opportunity that they can take birth control, they can have an abortion. And none of this was the plan of God. It was the plan of man. And it messed up a lot of things for people because people jumped on board. 
women jumped on board because they was tired of struggling. They was tired of doing day work. And the work was hard because men wasn't responsible enough to go out and work hard and provide for their families. The wife stayed home, trained the children, cooked, cleaned the house, paid the bills, things he couldn't do because he was working. He was a provider. He came in and brought the money so that things could be taken care of and the house could continue to roll good. And the women was responsible for budgeting. But once the government came in, because the man became uh, unresponsible, you know, he, he didn't come in and do what he was supposed to do, because sometimes women had children, and he came in and he took care of her and the children that was not his. Yeah. But when the government got involved, the man had to leave the home. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't be there and uh, get the woman get government assistance. So I don't care how many children she had. And what the government gave, it wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, she had to be really budget savvy. She had to be good with food costs. Yeah, she became an accountant, a mother. She became a doctor, everything in that household. The father, she became everything. And many times her family wasn't able to help her because they were in crisis. They were in dire straits. So it messed up. But when we look back at the Old Testament, when we go back to the old path and we take a look around, it was a pleasure to these people to have children. As many as possible. If we look at Samuel's mother, she wasn't able to have children. And I think it was Rachel who wasn't able to have children right away. Men got married so that they could have families. And when they got ready to leave us out of here, they blessed their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. When they got ready to leave up out of here, they left something for everybody. But today it's not like that because children are not like the parents are not like they used to be. So, of course, children are not like they used to be either, according to the word of God. See, back in the day, it was a pleasure for you to be able to take care of your parents and your grandparents. And if the great-grandparents was living, because some people was blessed to have parents, great, I mean, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. But things change. Today, if the children get mad with the parents, they keep the grandchildren away. A lot of times they think they're hurting the parents because they took away their grandchildren. And it does. But this is the thing. They messed up their children because they didn't give the children a chance to know their grandparents and the grandparents living. Today, some parents died due to uh, bad things, 
and the grandparents step in and take the children, the grandchildren, and they raise their grandchildren. Yeah. Now, it, 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 uh, and see, back in the day, it don't show you about uh, parents being on drugs and the grandchildren and the grandparents raised the children unless something tragic happens. But you raised your own children, you took care of them, and when your parents got older, you took care of them because they took care of their parents before they passed away. So when Joseph heard that his dad was sick, he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to see his dad because he knew Jacob would bless them. Yeah. And he, when he got there to see his dad, he told him, bring the boys forth. These, these, these are your children. Jacob was happy that he got a ch- another chance to spend time and to see Joseph again because for years he didn't see Joseph. He thought Joseph was dead because his brother sold him into slavery. He went from Potiphar's house to prison and from prison to Pharaoh's house and became the greatest. Yeah. So Joseph told, I mean, Jacob told Joseph that he was blessed too. And he would, you know, be be blessed. In other words, stay with God, son, and you're going to be blessed. His children he had the father to bless them, and and the father told them they were going going to be a huge nation. That Ephraim was going to be better off, I put it that way, than Manasseh. Yeah, he was going to be better off. Joseph wanted Manasseh to be you know, have more than Ephraim. But that's not the way God planned it. He told him to take his hand, he tried to take his hand, the left hand off Ephraim, and I mean the right hand off Ephraim, and put it on Manasseh. But he let him know, no, 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 no. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. And it says that he beheld Joseph's sons and said, who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, they are my sons whom God has given me in this place over in Egypt. And he said, bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel, which was Jacob, were dim for age. He had got so old and he couldn't see like he used to. So that he could not see, and he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them and embraced them. See, today, uh, children are not in tune really to parents. They are not in tune to grandparents. If you are allowing your children to attend public school or a private school that's non-Christian, you're messing up bad. Today, I could not allow my children to attend public school. And when it came to 
Christian school, I would have to be very watchful and very practical. My, my main prayer would be, Lord, bless me to homeschool my children. Because when you turn them loose in the world, going to public schools, uh, so-called Christian schools, Catholic schools, you messing them up. Everything glitter and shine is not gold. And some people, they are into name brands. They think because their children are in certain private schools or Catholic schools, it makes them look some kind of uh, a special way. But those of us that know the truth know that your children are in danger. And you are a parent who don't know. How many of these spirits leap and jump? You sent your child to Catholic school and demons and the spirit of the devil was over there waiting on you. Those spirits entered your children and you wondering, well, what's wrong with them? I tried to do them, give them all the best stuff. You messed up. That's all. But when we learn better, we do better. We can't do better until we learn better. But today, my children couldn't go to public school. No way, no how. Because somebody higher up is mentally disturbed in the worst way. Why would I teach a three or four year old child about what we call back in the day the birds and the bees, sexual things. And why would I support even a 9 or 10-year-old, even a 13-year-old boy becoming a woman? Because I believe this. I believe they may have some traits when they're younger. If they have a sister, it looks like she has more stuff and the dogs look better. And they may even play with that stuff. They may even dress up like a girl, put makeup on, wigs. But if you leave children alone, they'll grow out of that. Unless they're influenced by something or someone. You got to keep your children busy. If you don't, they'll get in trouble. That's why I encourage parents to put their children in music lessons, not sports, but music lessons. See, in the sports world, the devil is lurking there, too. He got demons there, too. Everywhere you see the devil trying to take over, His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. I would let my children into sports. I would let them into music. And my reason, even if he want to be a drama, my reason for this is I can control the situation. I can control what my child is getting that's wholesome, apart from demons coming to enter my child or use my child. Because they can take music lessons at home. When it comes to field trips, I would take my children on field trips. And today I wouldn't have children 
unless I was married. Because it takes two. You got to have a, 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 a weaker side and a stronger side. Because the women are the weaker vessels. So you got to have a stronger side, which is a thoroughbred man. Rough, rugged, and real. He's going to teach your son how to be rough. He will allow your, his, his son to spend time with his mother, but the most time is going to be spent with him because he's teaching him to become a stronger side, not the weaker side. But if you leave your son with your wife all the time and you're gone all the time and you have daughters, that's who's around him. He's going to take more on of their traits. Why? Because that's what he's around all the time. And the man, he's going to watch his son. He's going to watch other men that surround his son. He don't want nobody telling his son bad things about women because they couldn't stand up and be responsible. They didn't know how to become a man, so now he want to teach your son the weak traits of a boy in a man's body. I'm just telling you the truth today. In 2023, you got to watch your children like a hawk, watch a chicken. Because this system is trying to destroy your children. Steal from them, kill the knowledge, the good knowledge that you put into them that one day they will be destroyed. I listened at a, a, a young girl, she wanted to become a man. And she went to get all these surgeries and take all this medication they gave her and all this stuff. And she began to tell about how, in the beginning, she thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. And then when she went to a counselor, they encouraged her and told her of all the good things would come out of this. Once she had the surgery and finished the medicine and the counseling and the this and the that, it was going to be the best thing for her because she was a man trapped in a woman's body. She said after all the surgeries and all of this stuff, she went through trauma and so much pain and discomfort and uh, she wished she had never done that. And she wished that these counselors wouldn't have encouraged her to have a sex change, to become a trans man. That means transferred from a biological woman to, to the person you think you are, man or woman. To be transferred uh, from a woman into a man. But you got to go through all of this stuff to get there. Parents are crying out and, and, and sparing not concerning their children going to public schools. But what matters is numbers. And if, you, if every parent that's closed in their right mind know that a biological-born boy is going to always be a biological-born boy, a biological-born girl will always be that, a girl. I don't care what they do to themselves. 
they would take their children out. And guess what? The numbers would drop. So what's happening now, the superintendent don't have a job. The school board don't have a job. Teachers don't have a job. So what's going to happen? They would have to change the agenda so that the children could come back. But there has to be many watchmen to make sure there's no undercover craziness. Brother Louis gave me Matthew 18 and 6, and it says, But whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were uh, hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Do you hear that? Jesus was the one who said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for such is my kingdom. So today, children don't want to take care of their parents, their grandparents, the person they married, parent or grandparents. The world changed. The government come in and, and, and caused them to change, offered them what was nothing. The women got tired of working hard. Coming home, have to cook, clean, and train the children, and do homework, and this and that. If the school called them, they got to go to the school. They got tired of attending uh, what we used to call back in the day PTA meetings. And they were putting all the blame in one area on the parents. When the woman had these children and she had no help. And when the government come in to help, they took even more away from them. But they really thought they was getting something. It was even to the point of where single women with children could get a car. So they sold themselves for stuff and things. And today it has gotten even worse. And today if you say anything against their agendas, they do what they call blackball you. So people are afraid to cry loud and spare not. They're afraid to do it, especially if they're receiving something from the government that they don't have to give you. They're showing you that this is a sign of the kind and sweet and gentle government that's giving you, that's helping you. No, that's not what that is. I wouldn't do the 501c3. I didn't do it. I had multiple people, oh, you can get this, oh, you can do that, oh, you can open a church. Oh, no, I'm a, I got to allow God to do his job. And he don't need no help because he, the government have some power, but God have all power. And I got to trust him with all my heart. And lean not to my own understanding. My understanding would tell me, oh, that's a good deal, Barbara. Oh, you could do this. You would be tax-free. Uh-uh. I can't lean to my own understanding. In all my ways, I must acknowledge God. I must pray. 
And it's a promise to me he shall direct my path. I can't be wise in my own eyes thinking I know the outcome of what's going on. No, no, no. I got to feel the Lord and depart from evil. Once I do that, he's going to take up everything. And it's him that's going to bless me. There's a difference in public housing that the government supplies for low-income people. There's a difference in that and a person that works and pay a mortgage. Yeah. There are certain things you don't have to do that public, public housing living does. Yeah, it really does. You, you, you can't have people visiting after a certain time. You got to have a certain kind of people that visit you. Uh, if you get $2, you got to report it. What, what, whatever go on, the government, in your household, the government got to know about it. Now, you got a lot of crooked people. So they do things undercover to keep, you know, the government from knowing that they're doing what is illegal because it is illegal because the rule says this is not supposed to go on. So they allow these boys and men bodies to come in and sell drugs out of their government apartment. And this is supposed to be your man. See, but what I always knew is that I didn't need a man when I had government assistance. Me and the government done worked it out. Now, if you was coming to me, you was coming to me to take me out of the project and put me in a situation where I pay my own way and I'm not under the thumbs of the government. I pay my taxes on time. I file with the right children on the taxes. I don't cheat the government. Because if I cheat the government, what can I say about them cheating me and other people? Nothing. One wrong don't uh, fix another wrong. We got to do it right. See, in that world there, it's the street world. You have people that sell their children when tax season comes and they, the parent get a portion of the tax money. You got people that split it up and let them use their children so they can get more uh, food stamps. Oh, it's all kind of gimmicks. It's all kind of gimmicks. You got people that work jobs, they're disabled, or they're on public assistance, and they work under the table so no taxes is reported. So they're getting the government money and they're getting the money they work for because they're able-bodied, but they're giving the government an excuse that they can't. It's all kind of rackets. Oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I knew someone who got over, I think it was $1,500 worth of food stamps because they had so many children. But guess what happened? They were working. They didn't need the food stamps. They could buy food stamps out of their paycheck. So what did they do with the food stamps? They sold them. Yeah. Another person was waiting to buy them. And, and they sell them for half price. If you buy 500 that's $250. 
I'm raising my right hand because I'm guilty. I've done it. Fall food stamps. Yeah. But that just proves man is not perfect. Only God. We can be perfect through and in him. Other than that, we can't be. So they thought they brought a better system. And people thought it was better for them, but they messed up. And it's spilled over. It's like opening Pandora box. When this happened, that happened. When that happened, this happened. When this happened, that. Oh, it just get worse. The more evil, the better. Even even in people watching television, they prefer to watch something wretched, evil, God is not pleased with, and they go to church all the time, but it's my favorite show. We've got to be careful what our eyes see and what our ears hear. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. But faith also can come by looking and hearing the evil that's on TV. They have, I've, I've seen believers have uh, the greatest comments about the foolishness that's going on TV. They're straight up wretched. They're straight up loony tunes. I don't want to watch nobody in power have people killed and this woman come in and take this. I don't want to watch that. That is nonsense. It may be going on in the world, but not in my world. For greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. And people ask me to look at movies all the time. I've seen the trash or the nonsense. I said, no, nah, Bob, Bob won't be able to do this one. Now, I want y'all to listen to this. If you have YouTube, if you have YouTube, there is a movie on YouTube called The Bible. And if you open the King James Version, and begin to read while you're watching this movie, you're going to see that it's according to King James' written words. That's what I look for, the truth. It, 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 it goes from Genesis 1. I watched as much as I could last night and, and, and before day this morning. I, when I woke up, you know, I watched a little more. But listen, this is the hour to get in the book. The inspired written word of God. Because all of this other stuff will consume you. It will consume your mind. And you thinking, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, I'm a part of that. Yeah, I can do that. Now certain things we got to come out from among them and be separated. If you're not in the true word of God and praying, you won't know what that is. If you don't have a spirit living in you, you won't know what that is. But there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. So we back to Genesis chapter 48. It was a privilege for Joseph to go see his father and take those two boys. And it was a privilege for the two boys to have their granddad 
blessed them. They enjoyed hearing, although the younger would be oh better than the oldest, it was yet a privilege to hear that there would be blessings for both of them. But today, the way the grandchildren are happy to see the grandparents is when you're giving them an Xbox or some other kind of game that they want or game to play on the Xbox. And these things are very extensive. In my house, it couldn't be sold. They might not know what an Xbox is, but it wouldn't be boxed up in mine. Life is not about games. And adult men, grown men, sitting home all day as often as they can to play games. That time could be spent on training your children. That time could be spent on spending more time with your wife. If she's busy in the home, what can I do, honey, to help you? You need me to move the couch. You need me to move the chair. Is the plant too heavy? What do you need me to do? And if she's focused on what she's doing and she planned it out and she don't need any help, she may say, well, honey, can you wash the patio down or would you wash the cars or take the cars and put gas in them? Because I, I have this. I already planned it out and I got it. But if you could put gas in the cars or wash the cars or gas them and wash them, that would be a blessing. But you got to have the right man, a godly man, a man who respects God. Because and every old so-called man that's not what they do, because you got a lot of boys in men's bodies. Even got the age of a man, but not the mind of a man. And back to Genesis 48, Joseph was a man. He had two children over there in Egypt, and he took good care of them because God blessed him to be in a position to do it. His father was blessed. And all those brothers he had, they were blessed. Their wives and their children. Reuben, I think he was the oldest, and he was the one who said, no, don't y'all kill him, uh, you know, because he was thinking, no, I don't want him. I, I, I can't even think to kill him. I want to take him back to daddy. Daddy loved this boy. And if something happened to him, it, it may kill daddy. Who thinks like that today? A lot of children don't think like that. Let him go on and die. Let me see what I'm going to get. What am I getting once they die? I've dealt with situations where the parents had children and the parents were older and they wasn't sick unto death. They may have a few things going on, like dental, you know, they needed to go and have some teeth extracted or all of them extracted where they could get dentures. And the children didn't even think of that. They said, oh, my tooth hurts. You took some boy. What can I take for this? This thing is hurting. It's got to come out. The kids don't ask them, well, you have insurance? What can we do to get this done today, today? Because my mother or father is in pain. They go right on like nothing happened. Like they know what to do in this new age, new wave world. How in the world would a 75-year-old man or woman really know what's going on or 
an 85-year-old man or woman, and every day things change like the wind. They're not really computer savvy. They, they may know how to use the phone to make a call, but they don't even deal with the computer no more. It's too much for them. And you went and bought them an iPhone for what? 85. Who, who going to do so? But that's the mentality of the children. They don't take them to regular doctor visits. They don't go to the doctor with their parents. I thank God for that, Shante, right now, Lord, I thank you. Because when she was home, if I went to the doctor, she went. The foot doctor, she was there with the ear wide open. Mama, he said this. And I said, Shante, I don't have Mama, that's what he said to do. If she saw me eating peach cobbler, She's blowing down. <laughs> you pre diabetes, you ain't got no business with that. Mama, please don't eat the rest of that. That's love. That's love. I'll drive today. I said, I'm not about to drive in my truck. No, I'm going to drive today, Mama. Because uh, I've seen you tired. I know you're tired. And Mama, I'm going to drive because I'm not tired like that. you mentally tired. I'm not even physically tired. I'll drive you, and that's what she And anything she thinks she can help me with cooking, cleaning, whatever, that's what it's going to be. That's love for your parent. But it's hard to find the day. I mean, with the older parents, I took care of you. You talking about what you didn't do, what you did to me, and this and that. You had a roof over your head, food on the table, shoes and clothes. You got to go on vacation. But you chose to be a disobedient child, and you wanted me to be a good parent to a disobedient child. I cannot do it. I will not do it. So they're holding stuff against the parents from their childhood. Where do these people come from? Because the parent disciplined them in the way they should have been disciplined. Now, if it was abuse, that's a horse of a different color. But you still don't be against your parent. Obey your parents. So your days will be long upon the land. But if you won't clown and carry on and be disobedient, and ugly to your parents, you're not going to be here very long. Do you know 45 is too young to die? 49. 51 is too young to die. Some people went on out of here in their 20s and 30s. Because they disobeyed. Didn't even know it a lot of. Because they wasn't taught. Some of them was taught, but they got out the world and the spirits of the world entered them. Hatred, anger, all kind of craziness for no reason. Like, you spank that baby, you should go to jail. I spank this baby and I should get a medal of honor. I'm training the child up in the way he or she should go. So when they get old, they won't depart from it. And 
Foolishness is in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction will drive it out of them. But what happened is parents are afraid. But if we all did it, if you had 200,000 people in one city chastising their children, they don't have enough jail cells to hold everybody. They don't have enough prisons to hold everybody. Numbers mean something. The more numbers, the better. But people are so afraid. People are so afraid to train their children. And guess what? It's on you, parents. It's on you. You yet got to be responsible for your children. Some dads walked off from their children, didn't really do a whole lot. And then when he was getting older, no more diaper changing, no more formula making, no more crying. No more that you always got to be there with them. Then the dad want to come back and be the dad of the year. Some children latch on to that. Because they always want to be with their father. And whatever the father tells them to do, evil or good, that's what they're going to do. Because somewhere in there, too, the child is messed up. The dad wasn't there. It takes the man and woe man to raise children. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. Have some. Don't get caught up into the world of foolishness. Train your children. Take time for your children. They're not going to be children forever. I was thinking the other day about my oldest son, Lonnie. Remember when he was three and four years old, how cute he was. And how humble of a, of a baby he was. Today, we that's all I can tell you is, and and the preacher, I don't care what he what he's doing, what he did, what he may do. I know God chose him. When this boy was fourteen, I'm talking about the bring the spirit of the Lord would use him, and he would bring the house down. I'm not talking about two or three people. I'm talking about the church packed out. He came here and talked about Job's children. Oh, he know he, he know the word now because I trained him. I didn't send him to church. I took him. I, I, I talked to him at home about it. There were times when he came to be up me about my sinning <laughs> in the home. It was the truth I had to accept. I didn't want to accept it as a boy. But he's telling his mother the truth. And his mother needs to change from her wicked ways. Oh, yeah. But we don't want to do that. And, and everything is cute they do when they're small. Oh, that's so cute. Honey, when they turn 13, you're going to see how not cute it is. It is no longer cute. And you can't say that because all their life you, you, you supported them in the cussing in the talking back, in the acting as if they were an adult. And they didn't even know what adulthood really was. Because once you become an adult, you leave home and take care of yourself. Now, girls should, should be able to stay home longer. But boys should be gone to become men. 
But if they don't have a man, how would they become? Some parents put them out of the house before they turn 16 good. Because they're not listening to the parents. They're listening to the world. They're listening to those that they hang out with. I had to know who my boys was hanging out with. I messed up too because I thought they was hanging out with the pastor relatives. And they were. But they wasn't being trained like I trained my children according to the word. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. And it caused me some problems. Oh, yes, it did. But you love your enemy. I'm to my for real. You don't talk. Say you love. You got to love them for real and keep it moving. In Jesus' name. But back in the day, God encouraged us to have big families. Jerry Crowd, you wasn't about nothing if you didn't have a bunch of children. People didn't even respect you. They would say, oh, you ain't got no kids. Not even one. Oh, you ain't got no kids. Okay. And they really didn't want to deal with you because you were single with no children. They were married with children. Or the woman was single, but she had children. And a single woman wouldn't understand her position in life because she had children. She had to provide for these people, these little people. After work, she couldn't go to half an hour. She had to go home (laughs) and take care of her children. No, she wasn't bar hopping and bar flying or whatever they call it. She was home with her children. I got off work and went home. I didn't have no man, no husband. Yeah. So I had to go home to those eight and make sure they was taken care of. And time I walked in the door, Mama, oh, my goodness. Uh, to myself, I would say, uh, could you let me get in the door five minutes? I couldn't say that to them because they didn't understand that. All they knew is they had something to tell mama. They had something they needed from mama. And I didn't spoil them. Not like the world spoiled each other. They were some spoiled people. Yes, they were. I fed them really good. I trained them really good. My ex-daughter-in-law was telling me the other day, she said, you know what? Your son got the gift of gas. And if you listen to him long enough, you're going to agree with him. All your boys have that. They were trained. Trained for the good, but they would take the good and use it to to get with women. To get the teacher to see it their way. Yeah. I think Lonnie was uh, on the B uh, ROTC drill team. No, he was on the A drill team and the commander of the B drill team. When he got ready to go into the military, Master Chief was on his side. Master Chief, you know, gave a recommendation for him. He come to the house. He had Master Chief to come to the house to talk to me because I was against the military. Now, you're not going there. You're going to college. He said, no, I don't want to go to college, mama. I want to go in the military. I can go to college in the military, and I won't have to pay. Oh, I wasn't here in that. He brought Master Chief to talk to me. Invited me out for a lovely dinner. <laughs> I ate good and still didn't agree. But guess what? 
the last time he come to talk to me, I looked at Lonnie, and I said, he really wants this. And then I could see a military man. I could see that in him, the way he walked. And I said, oh, my goodness. I see it's not for college for him out here. He's got to do it through the military because even in college there, they were going to train him a certain kind of way. So I went on and allowed him. Later on, he come and said, well, Mom, I'm turning 18. And a little bit, I done graduated. And Mama, look. And when, when he, they showed his picture on the screen during school days. You know, he could have been in 10th or 11th grade. You come out of screaming and a yelling. I was sitting there, everybody standing up screaming. I, I, I still sat there in awe. What did he do over here that made him such a celebrity? He was trained. He knew how to carry himself and had thug friends. But when these boys came around me, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. How you doing, Miss Bob? Miss Bob, you got cookies in there, you bake cake. What you got, Miss Bob? I'm talking about straight up thugs. Do y'all hear me? If they got in a fight, they won the fight because of them thug friends. All of that. And yet sometimes they go straight. They do what they want to do undercover. When they become adults, you have no more control. But if you instill Jesus in them, one day they coming back. They're not going to leave here until they come back. Because God will allow them. He didn't put them there, but he allowed them to get in a situation that it calls to themselves. And they have to turn back to God. He's the only one who can bring them out. He was the only one who brought me out. My dad was living during these days. He couldn't bring me out. I knew he prayed for me, but he couldn't, hey, glory, he couldn't bring me out. Only the true and living God, Jehovah, that have all power through his son, Jesus, could bring me out, out of darkness, into this marvelous light, up out the muck in the mire clay, only God. So look, Jacob, Esau, Ephraim. Manasseh, they knew they had been taught the rules of God, how to respect your parents, your grandparents. The more children you had, the better it was for you. Because you know what? The more children you have, somebody in there going to take care of you in your old age. Now, you might have one or two black sheep. That's what they call them. But those would be the people that take care of, those would be the people that love their parents the most. I don't know why don't ask me. I don't have an answer. But that one that they said wasn't no good, wasn't going to never be no good, that's the one that come and see about the parents. That's the one that say, Mama, I love you, and really mean it. But they're not going to change their ways right away. God got to draw them. And unless God draw them, they can't come. But look, back in the days, even the women in the that girl Hannah went up with Elkanah and the rest of them. You know, they had holy days and, and stuff like that. 
and she didn't have no children, but that peanut, she had plenty. And they laughed at her because she didn't have none. And they would bring their mother dates and, you know, things that she liked. Hannah didn't have no children bringing her nothing. So she felt bad and shied away. But Elkanah loved her more than he loved Tina, but she didn't know it really. Gave her double portions because she had no children. So the double gave her more as if she had children. But when she went to the house, outside the house, the temple, she was out there praying, lips moving, but you heard no sound. Eli thought she was drunk, but she was out there praying for children. I prayed for my youngest son. Uh-huh, yes, I did. Anybody ever prayed for a child? Yeah. We'll be all right. Got to teach these children to love their parents. Teach children to love their grandparents. Now, that's what should be taught in the schools today, how to turn around from evil. Because you can be anything you want. That's up to you. That don't have nothing to do with me or my children. Your choices. Why should you want to make me accept your choices? Just be who you are. I think you'll get better. People will respect you better if you don't try to shove it down their throat, shove it on them, make them come out arresting people. That is crazy. If you want to have your, your stuff all cut up and you're uh, taking these pills for breastuses, <laughs> you, you weren't born to have breastuses, but you're taking stuff to get That's your business. That's not mine. Do what you got to do for you like I'm doing what I got to do for me. I got to pray. I got to stay in his word. I got to trust God. He's all I got and he's more than enough. So if you want to have your flag out in the street and doing what you want to do, but I want you to know God is not mild whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you think you mocking God, it's a day coming, ooh, when you are going to really and truly wish you had not done that, even though you don't think you knew better. Those that know the way, if you go astray, you're going to be flipped with a minute strike. Those that didn't know it, you still going to be whipped. With not as many strikes, but the punishment is coming. So do you. Yeah, do, do, do your thing. It's your thing. You think you can do what you want to do. Can't nobody tell you what to do. So that's what I want to do, accept it or not. I accept who you are. Yes, I will. I just don't want to be a part of it. That's like a, a straight alcoholic. I know who you are, but I don't want to drink with you. And we should be teaching children how to have respect in the home, in the in, in the streets, in the school. I was just amazed last night watching these two different black women uh, battle with the governor. I won't say what state. 
but battling with him. And I wish you could have seen this one. Her eyes told you mental health was in full effect. The school system, not teaching children what they need, but what they want is what they're teaching children. That is ridiculous. That is awful. But if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I, Almighty God, now hear from heaven, forgive the sins, and heal the lame. What if praying parents, they in the club, doing 50 cents a bottle for a bug. He got what you want, come give him a hug. And that's what they're doing. They, they, they're going to get the bug from the devil and hugging him. Don't even know it. Then the devil woo their children in while they partying, while they snorting coke, while they laying with men they're not married to, while they care more about a man who don't care about them more than they care about their children. The devil is snatching your children. And the way some of them, it's been explained to them, they think it's a good thing. Yeah, teach them. Now, I don't want my uh, 12-year-old to see two women kissing, two men. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That's too much. His brain is not through developing yet. I'm not going to put that heavy burden on it. When I know what the word says, I'm following the word of God. You may hate me for it, but I'm following the word of God. He said they hated him, so they would hate us. So we should be prepared. Get in your secret closet. Pray to the Lord. I'm talking about cry out. David said he cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard his cry. Tell God about it. I'm sick of it, really. But I won't stop protesting, but I'm sick of it. You turn you over to a reprobate mind, that's what happens. Folks in high places with reprobated minds. And we down here playing. We around here playing. We over there playing. We back there playing. We up here playing. Time to pray. And some people may think, well, it's not my child. I don't have children. I don't raise my children. Look, every child belongs to us. Suffer the children to come unto me and forbid them not, but such is my kingdom. It's our job to tell every child about Jesus, the ones that we can, because we can't tell all children about Jesus. Some children, uh uh-uh, they're not ready. Yeah, they don't want him. And again, unless God draws, they can't come. Yeah, I'm just here for the truth. And you know, I pray that the angels of the Lord is protecting angels that watch to shield and protect me from all hurt, harm, and danger. Because folk get scared, oh, they're going to come after you. The devil is a fool and a liar fooling with me. Huh? I'm going to say it one more time this morning. Greater is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. If God got all power and I have all power and he said if he be for me, he's more than the whole world against me, what am I afraid of? Why am I afraid to stand up for the truth? 
Either I done told a lie that he saved me or I thought he saved me, but he didn't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, especially in understanding for the truth. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I can do all things again through Christ Jesus that loves me. I can look to the hills from which cometh my help. I can look to God which cometh all my help, for all my help comes from him. He made the heavens and the earth. Again this morning, the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. All power is for me. All power is for me. I told you some days it make me twirl around like a ballerina. It make me just shake myself real good. It make me just cry in the praise. Because he's on my side. Now I have trials to go through, yes. But he's even going through the trial with me. He's leading and guiding me in the trial. He's teaching me. Because it come to make me strong. It didn't come to be against me. He, he's not punishing me. He's teaching me. And anything worth having is worth paying. I, I know people don't understand that and they don't want it. But if it's worth having, it's worth going through for. Hallelujah. Nothing is free in this life. Oh, it's free. Come on. No, no, sir. And no, ma'am, they done included the price. When they tell you it's on sale, they already included the price in the sale price. Yeah. And the salvation that talks about is free. No, sir, and no, ma'am. Jesus paid a precious price for it. His suffering, his bleeding, his life. That we could be free. For whom the son said, we, the same one that suffered, bled, and died. He did all of that so he could set us free. Again, whom the S-O-N, the son set free, is free indeed. I used to be in bondage to sin. The, dad, uh, uh, the devil was my daddy. Yes, he was. But guess what? I found a father. I no longer needed a daddy. I needed a father. God come along and showed me what a father he can be. Woo! He loves his children. And if we love him back, if we obey him, if we do what's pleasing and acceptable unto him, there's nothing he will withhold from his children. But now he's, he's just not given to Folk who say that it's his children and they're out here doing any and every old thing they're big enough to do. You still got sin in the camp and you tell me, why God ain't did it for me? He did it for them because sin is in the camp. You haven't grown up enough. You're not even on milk, sugar. You're on formula. There's a difference between Similax and whole milk. Vitamin D, you know, the full milk. Yeah, it's a, a difference. You're on formula. You're not on milk yet. 
And once you get the milk, you got to get off the milk and begin to eat some meat. Once you begin to eat the meat and the vegetables, you're going to grow strong. But until then, you're going to be weak. You don't know. I recommend younger people today. I do. I, he said be fruitful and multiply. He didn't put 2023, stop having them. He didn't put no date on them. But we must have the patience to deal with children. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you this morning. Yeah, we got to have the patience to deal with children, and this is what's happening. People have, women have babies too early, and then they're looking out here in the streets. It looks like they're having fun. I want to go have some fun. I'm not married. I just got children. They, they, they just let the children go, let the school teach them, anybody can teach them. I'm going to have fun with the girl. I, I, I'm going out here. I'm looking for a man for a night. Foolishness. You focus on the blessing that God gave you, which are those children. One day they'll bless you back. One day they will bless you back. And I'm not talking about with materialistic things. I, I look in my children for more spiritual. Because every word God's spoken to your life, I want to see it come to pass before I pass. Yeah, it's not so much to me. I, some days I have to get on that Shante. Shante, no. Well, Mama, I thought, no, it won't do that for me. Nope, I'm not taking that. I used to have to tell her, Shante, stop. I got to pray about this. Well, what's wrong? I said, I, you're my child, but I can't take advantage of you. I know if I say something, you're going to do it or you're going to get it. I can't do that like that. I, you yet belong to God, and I got to be responsible. And sometimes she'll happen and be like, oh, this lady crazy. No, I wasn't crazy. I knew what the words say. Don't provoke your children. Don't keep on pushing them because you know they'll do something for you. Now when Mother's Day comes, if she got it, I got it. If she don't, I don't. Don't make no difference. She know I love her, and I know she loves me. She called herself the baby. That's what I have to say, the baby. Hit my phone when she called me and says the baby. <laughs> A lot of things she do, it just tickle me all in my toes. Yeah. But God is good. I see, she, she, she in her 40s now, so guess what? She won't depart. Oh, hallelujah. She had to have her day out in the world like everybody else. Huh? She had to live a testimony. A life that was going to become a testimony. Well, that's what it was. God allowed it. And he drew her in. I told you, you can't come to him unless he draws. And you tell my fearful God, yeah, let me say something. <laughs> Let me remind them of a script. <laughs> He'll jump in place. But he told them to be fruitful and multiply, and they wanted plenty of children because children are a blessing. And this is the way that they, these people saw it. I have told people, I said, you know what? I hate children. It tickled them so bad, one lady was crying. <laughs> he said, you got to repent for that lie. I say, what? Yeah, you got to repent for that lie. 
I said, what you mean, Barbara? You can't stand to see a baby. I've seen people just hand you their baby. You ain't said, let me hold the baby. They just hand the baby to you. Because we can see it. You can see it on you. You've been looking at the baby. You can see the joy. But you talk all that talk about children. <laughs> ah, yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For everyone that prayed for Apostle Boatwright, Mom, she said she had an ordained procedure on yesterday, and all is well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Hello. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for hearing and answering prayer. Father, we thank you today. We thank you. And stripping of the more, God, let this woman be as she always was. Let her go get the nails done, the toes done. Lord, let her shop. Ah, in the name of Jesus. Whatever she desires to get done, let her do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we thank him for his many blessings. Thank him that he kept her here a little bit longer. Huh? Mm. Some of us may be gone before she go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, Lord. For your glory, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Reaching 93. <laughs> Still preaching every Sunday. <laughs> at 93 years old. You don't retire in God. Oh, there's no retirement. Uh-uh. Hallelujah. Look at this. Look at this. This is encouraging and inspiring to me because I know my prayer to you. Yeah. And I've seen it where, okay, you're not just going to finish up and lose the weight. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to show you what I'm going to let the body do, and it's just going to lose the weight. And, and you, you're just going to turn against food uh, altogether. Yeah. I've been looking at some things. 93 is still preaching every Sunday. I need to run over there just for a few minutes to hear what God got to say out of her mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, the studio is open. Uh, if anyone has something they would like to say, please feel free to press that n- number one and come in this morning. Good morning to you, 907. God bless you. Uh, Sister Jerry, good morning to you. Sister Samoa, good morning to you. Good morning to you, uh, my fiance. Good morning to you, Pastor David, my buddy. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. Good morning to you, Dr. Goodman. Again, to Brother Louis, that main man holding the chat down. I know he the main man and everything holding the chat room down. And I, I, I have to laugh. And other people said, well, how Brother Louie do it? That's what he was doing all right this morning when he was in the chat room. Yeah, because that's where they know him to be hanging in the chat. <laughs> I said, Louie got a bad reputation right here, the chat man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the main chat man holding the chat room down. It just tickled me some days real good. 
Good morning to you, Brother Louis. God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Sherry. God bless you. Praying for your baby. Yeah, praying for you. That God will restore totally. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Again, good morning to our own Apostle Claudia Boatwright. God bless you this morning. Both Psalm 341. All right, now. God bless you today. God bless you. Thank God for his word. Thank God what he has done here, what he's doing here. I'm getting more calls to know that people are experiencing some things. That means they listen. That means they were, they were tuned in. Hallelujah. Good morning to my uh, sister and friend, Miss Thelma Mosley. If you're listening this morning, Thelma, usually she just lay back <laughs> and just listen. Yesterday, she came out. I was wondering where you were. I was to myself, well, how would you know I wasn't here? Because you'd be tuned in. And that is truly a blessing. Truly a blessing. I've known them forever and a day. Yeah. Oh, God bless you, Sister Sherry. Hey, Sherry says she loves us all. She loves y'all. Ah, that's wonderful. I'm not going to forget you from now on. Yeah, I got to remember you. Yeah. So, yeah, I've known Thelma forever and a day, too. Went to elementary school, went to junior high. Yeah, all of that. Her <laughs> sister Belma's twins, Thelma and Belma. Belma said I was her friend first, and she don't see how Thelma uh, get to do all this stuff with me, and she was my friend first. I was like, yeah, that may be true, but I don't know. We was children. I don't know who came first. But I knew I liked both of them. They were good people, the both of them. Yeah. I think Thelma was just a tad bit more outgoing than Velma. And, uh, yeah, I think my brother liked the Velma over there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Pittman. <laughs> yeah. And Thelma came over here, was helping me out there in the yard. I need you to come back when you get a chance now, Thelma, because I do need help again. <laughs> and this time, I'm going to do what's right now. Yeah. I'm going to pay more attention. Get it done. Yeah. God bless you this morning. God bless your family. And uh, Boo and Ebby and Rike, God bless y'all. God bless y'all. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're moving on. Studio open. If somebody has something they would like to say, feel free to press that number one and come in. We're going right here for a minute.
Thank you, Jesus. Come on and celebrate. Celebrate our King. Come on, sing unto him. Lift him up. Yeah, he gave us life. And look, I knew Thelma was listening. <laughs> I'm about okay, I was listening yesterday. I was thinking about the same thing, but I'm keeping children. See, she got them grandkids on there. And nothing is going to deter her from keeping them kids. I don't care what me and Erica say, Thelma. You retired. You, you should be living your best life. Da 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 da. Look here, I got to go pick my grandkids. <laughs> I got to keep my grandkids today. I got to babysit. We Erica's. All we can do is look at each other. Hey, she love her grandkids. She's blessing her daughter. There's yeah, nothing we can do about it. Nothing we want to do about it. We shouldn't want to do anything about it. But encourage her to love them. Yeah. And it's already all right there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, uh, I'm going to pray right quick. And we're yet coming back. We're not finished for the morning. But I want to pray right quick and uh, ask God to do some things for you today. Yeah, and your family in the name of Jesus. It's a name above every name. The only name where men can be saved. He's the son of the true and living God, Jehovah, that have all power. And he taught us that if we do it in his name, the father would not only honor it, but he would do it for us. He would answer and do it for us. Hey, I feel all, hey, glory. Oh, I feel all right. Hey, right there today. Ah, because he's moving, he's moving. Let's pray. Let's just pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you this day. We thank you this morning, God. Oh, we have the God that have all power on our side. And Father, you said in your word that if you be for us, you're more than the whole world against us. And many of us know you as a more than God because you don't just give what we need, but you go beyond. And we thank you this day. You went beyond waking us up this morning. You clothed us in our right mind. You gave us the use and activity of limbs, life, health, and strength. You go beyond, and so we thank you. Father, we bring Sister Jerry before you this morning in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we ask that you would move for her today in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal her body. Lord, send your anointing power through her house. Anything there that's not of you, that's not you, God, we ask today that you would remove it in the name of Jesus for your glory. Father, we ask that you would rebuke it and cast it out into hell in the name of Jesus, never to return. Do it for her today. Fix her heart and regulate her mind today in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Give us a song to sing all day, Lord. Put a song on her heart as she is sang all day unto you and all night in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Father, we bring Sister Samoa before you this morning. You know what she's standing in need of. And, Lord, we ask that you would move for this woman today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would open doors to her and make ways for her 
Lord, I speak unto you for her a new home. Brand new. No one has never lived in it. She will be the first to live in it. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we know you know where the resources are for her. Do it in the name of Jesus. Bless her children, God. Strengthen them as you strengthen their mother as well. Lord, bring peace, joy, and happiness unto the family. Bless her sisters and her brother, God. Move by your spirit for her in the name of Jesus. Let them show love and let her show love in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I bring before you this morning, I bring Sion, God, and ask that you would move for her in a mighty way. Bless her family. Bless her husband, God. Lord, you, you've done some things to unite them even closer. And Father, we thank you for their lives. We thank you that they're godly people. And that they realize without you, they can do nothing. Bless a family. Bless a father, God. Move in a mighty way for this man. Lord, you know what he really needs today. And you supply need according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Bless Sister Dot the more, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless their children, God. Move in a mighty way for the children. Lord, Lucia, protecting angels to stand watch to shield and protect. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Lord, we depend on your will and we accept what you allow. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we bring Pastor David before you. And God, we ask that you would bless this man and his family. We ask that you would move in a special way today. Lord, bring things that are easy, easy, make it easy, easy in the name of Jesus. Father, the more he looked to the hills, draw him ever closer. Give him wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And Lord, he can understand the more the task that has been put upon him. Bless his family again, God, in the name of Jesus. Move by the Spirit this day. Hey, Lord, Jesus, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Minister Shonda, I can hear this song. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Hallelujah. Where would I be? Yeah, because he's on your side today. And we thank him, we thank him. And Father, I bring this woman before you this morning. And Father, I ask that you would move today for Minister Shonda in a mighty way. Lord, I ask that which the canker worm think he has taken. God, I ask that you would restore and make him pay interest in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask today that you would lift her up and continue to draw her ever so closer to you. Bless her in a mighty way. Father, we bind the hand of her enemies up in the name of Jesus and cast it to the pits of hell. 
And Father, we ask that you would rebuke her enemies for your sake in the name of Jesus. Give her peace, give her joy, Father. Give her happiness. Help her to turn loose what she can't. Move, Lord, in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. Hey, we thank you. We thank you for hearing. We thank you for answering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bring Sister Irene before you this morning. And we ask today, Lord, that you would touch and heal. Ask that you would fix her heart and regulate her mind. Lord, we ask that you would wrap her around you like a blanket and wrap you around her like a blanket. Do it today. Give her wisdom, knowledge, and a great understanding. Touch and heal her body today. No weapon that is formed against her in sickness shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. Father, I know days are not always easy. And there may be some lonely spots. But Lord, I ask that you would fulfill all of that for her. In the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. And Father, we give you the praise. Bless her daughter, God. Touch and heal her body. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning that you can do all things. With you, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. And so, Father, for every caller this morning that I'm praying for, we ask, Lord, that you would do the impossible for each and every one. In the name of Jesus, we bring Sister Dot before you. Shante, I need you to stand with me. Hey, thank you. Oh, yes, Shante. Hey, glory to his majesty. Thank you this morning, God. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, we thank you. We can't thank you enough. Hallelujah. We know that you're the way, the truth, and the life this morning. Jesus, move in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bring Sister Dark back before you this morning. Ask that you would strengthen and move for her in a mighty way. Strengthen her in this hour. And, Lord, continue to keep her mind sharp. Hallelujah, Jesus. Move by your spirit for God. Open doors for her. Make ways for her. Let her know you'll never leave her, not forsake her. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You will be with her until the end. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you for Dorothy Goodman this morning. Thank you for what she's been in my life. Thank you for the many blessings you used it to bless me with. I give you glory, honor, and praise for it this morning. And Lord, I ask again today that this be an uncommon blessed weekend in the name of Jesus. Or today, oh God, move by your spirit. We thank you right now. Hallelujah. Father, bless Brother Louis. Bless Sherry, God. Sister Sherry. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen them too. Bond them together closer, oh God. Make ways where they see no ways. Send healing. Send healing this morning. Lord, send a fiery healing upon them that they even feel the fire burning, that you're healing their bodies 
in the name of Jesus. Touch and heal Sherry eyes. Touch and heal Louis body. Lord, he's been faithful. He's been faithful here. He may not even agree to everything that went on here, but God, yet he come to be a blessing. And to hear what you have to say to him. Move by your spirit, Lord, for him and Sherry. In the name of Jesus, oh, we thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you hear and answer. Lord, I ask that you would even open a financial door for them. Because, Lord, it would give them more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll move today by your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, remember Pastor Boatwright this morning, your servant. Father, I thank you for hearing and answering prayers for her mother. But, Lord, I need you to move for her today. I need you to not only stir up the gifts in her, but, God, I ask that you would bring her forth like never before. Give her more favor everywhere she goes. Use her in your service to continue to bless your people. Father, I ask that you would open a financial door for her and the work that you're called and chosen for. Do it today, God, in the name of Jesus. Bless a weekend. Let it be a weekend of all weekends, Lord. Send joy, peace, and happiness. Continue to strengthen and bless the mother. In the name of Jesus, thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I bring Shantae before you. Hey, glory, glory, glory. And Lord, I ask that you would strengthen her in this hour as she go through trials and tribulations. God, I ask that you would strengthen her. Remind her what your word says. Father, remind her to trust you with all her heart and lean not to her own understanding. In all her ways, help her to acknowledge you, Father. You're going to direct her path. Help her to be not wise in her own eyes, but fear you and depart from evil. In the name of Jesus, we bind up anything that's not like you coming her way. We bind it up and cast it to the pits of hell. In the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask that you would rebuke that devourer. For her sake, anything that's not like you, God, we ask that you would rebuke it and cast it to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would bless her financially for every gift that she's given unto me. God, I ask that you would multiply it back to her this day in the name of Jesus. Move by your spirit for Shantae. Leading God in the right path this morning. In the name of Jesus, we ask, you know what's on our heart. Hallelujah. You know the intent of our heart moved according to your will today. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We can't thank you enough. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for what you're doing right now for all of us. And thank you for what you're going to do. Hallelujah. For all of us. We thank you this morning, Father. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tell you, I want to sing this. All right, 
right, all right, ooh, it's going to be all right. Matter of fact, it's already all right. I hear phone call, all right, all right, concerning Florida, ooh, it will be all right. I need you to relax. Have patience. Have patience. Yeah, if you got to take a piece of finger, I mean paper around your finger to remember patience, whatever you got to do, patience. Because God is working. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The songwriter said, I've got a feeling. (laughs) Everything is going to be all right. For all of us, it's going to be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah. Hallelujah. New day. Same God, new day. Yeah. Yesterday gone and tomorrow is not promised. But today, it's a new day with the same God. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today, and he will be that way forevermore. I know you're working over there. Good morning. I know you're working. (laughs) And it's all right. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a new day. It's a new day. And we thank God. Ah, yeah. So is there anyone else have something they would like to say? If not, all right. Let me go to one more song right here, right here.
hallelujah, hallelujah, Miss Cece Wining and the goodness of God. He has been good to us. And we're going to sing and praise him for his goodness, his grace, his mercy. Most of all, his love for us. Uh, for he so loved us that he sent his only begotten son. All we got to do is believe and obey. Yeah. Study. Get in his word. Pray. We're going to make it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done. Thank you for what you've done here this morning. And Father, we give you glory. We give you honor and praise. And we ask today, the Lord, you would lead and guide us in the right path today for your name's sake. Uh, in the name of Jesus, shower your many blessings, uncommon blessings, miracles and favors upon us today. In the name of Jesus, bless our going out, bless our coming in. And again, we're asking that you would supply our needs according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you the honor. And Father, we give you the praise. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And we love you today. We appreciate you. We're great fun to you. And Father, we thank you. Oh, we are so thankful. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give somebody something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. So look, we're going to close with a little bit of this one. And uh, we pray the Lord bring us back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But look, don't y'all forget to cash out me or PayPal me. If you PayPal me, you can PayPal Freedom Doors at Yahoo.com. Freedom Doors at Yahoo.com. If you cash out me, you're going to put the money side, the big C like in cow. A-S-H, which spells cash, money sign cash, the big N. Uh, yeah, almost. I'm going to tell you in a minute. The big N, like in Nancy, O-W, for now. Money sign cash now, 1727. That's the cash app name, ID. And the PayPal Email is freedomdoors at yahoo.com. And so let's get it together. Uh, we raised $25 the other day when I first mentioned it. And since we only have raised $25, I was going to give $25. So that means we $50 short. Yeah. So if we get $50 more, we will have it. So if five people can give me $10, yeah, five people can give me $10. Ten people give me $5. We got it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I want to share that. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus. 
and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed weekend. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you. June the 30th, 2023, until July the 3rd, we come back, 2003. Okay, okay, yeah, we, we got until Monday. We have until Monday. So I was hoping we could get it all done today, but I know on Monday we can get it. By Monday we should be able to get it done. All right, God bless you, God bless you, but I'm praying for today. Because it would be a wonderful gift for her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, uh, we're going to, the last song of the morning, and uh, we're going to this one. We're going to do a double take. Wait, where was it? Y'all know I got to find it. Y'all got to find it. Okay, well, let's do this one. Let's do this one. This was a request as well. to England in 1967. We'd been there in 1954 for the Herringay meetings. And some of the young reporters weren't in those meetings, but they read reports about it. And they concluded that it was the emotion of just as I am that caused the people to come forward. And Mr. Graham was really concerned about that. And he talked to me just before we started the meetings. He said, you know, Cliff, we know it's the Spirit of God. And people who are praying know that, but these unconverted folks don't know that. And he said, let's just pray that God will show us whether we ought to sing it or not. And you be prepared to sing it or not sing it. Be prepared to have the organist or pianist play it or not. And if I feel we should, I'll call for it. I said, all right. And I explained to the choir and to 
Don Houston and Ted Smith. I said, don't play until you get the cue to play. And do you know we began the meeting and Bill gave a simple, straightforward invitation. And he said, we're not going to have any singing tonight. This is the first night at Earl's Court. If the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart, you get up and come. And then he just stepped back and bowed his head in prayer. And 15 seconds went by and nobody moved. And that's a long time. And I was ready to lead the choir and we were ready to play. And then you heard a seat uh, squeak as the people stood. And then one after another and after another. And within about five minutes, over a thousand people were shuffling along the floor, coming to the front to give their life to Christ. And for 30 nights, for 30 nights at Herringay, we didn't have one note of Just As I Am. And the reporters that had written before saying that the emotion of it were bringing people, was bringing people forward, they were writing, Give us back Just As I Am. The silence is killing us. <laughs> but it was just an indication again of how God has been working. And as we sang it, I couldn't help but think of thousands of people who come and they are memories that I thank God for and praise Him. Forgive my voice, I've lost it today. <laughs> Amen. Sorry about that. brings together a group of people from diverse backgrounds to a lodge in the mountains and makes them feel free to talk about something as personal as their relationship with God. And what impassions a couple like Billy and Ruth Graham to spend their entire lives telling others across the world that they can know God too, really know him for themselves? What causes a George Beverly Shea or Cliff Barrows to sing their hearts out, to put music into the souls of someone who might not have a song? Why does it matter to them? Think about it this way. When you're lost or lonely, far from family and feeling like the bottom has dropped out of life, the best thing to do is go home. But what if you left home a long time ago, and now you feel your place at the table has surely been removed by now, and the vacancy you left has long since been filled? What if you're too embarrassed or too proud to take the risk of showing up now in a place where you used to belong? Now let's think about the family. No matter how many children are home, the truth is no one could ever fill the empty place at the family's heart left by one who is away. And just maybe tonight, the father is so lonely for you, he can hardly stand it. He wants you to know, son, that no matter where you've been, 
and daughter, no matter how much foreign ground you've covered, he will never really rest at night until everybody's home. So what you've experienced here on the mountain is the family, gathered in a circle, taking hands, connecting with the father, connecting with each other, drawing strength and acceptance and encouragement and joy. But they're hesitant to start the dance until you're in your place. The circle is incomplete without you. So they tell family stories, they sing the well-loved songs, and they wait. They just keep feeling that if they wait a bit longer, you'll come too. Don't worry about fixing up. This is a come-as-you-are party. But the gift they hope to exchange is you.